Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. It's good to be in church, isn't it? Praise God. I feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm thankful for that. The book of Psalms, chapter uh, number 34, uh, Brother Chris Osborne gave me my text this morning. And so... uh, The book of Psalms 34, the Bible says in verse number one, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried and said, the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse number seven, and the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Amen, there's something about the fear of the Lord. Amen, there's something about our utter reverence and respect for the power of and the presence, the word of God, every attribute of God that causes his spirit to encamp or is drawn to us. And so I don't ever want to lose my fear. Amen. I don't ever want to lose my reverence for the house of God. And I'm I'm speaking on a very relevant subject at a very relevant time because we are in an hour where there is not a lot of regard for God, his word, Amen. There's not a lot of regard for the house of God. There's not a lot of regard for anything that has to do with God. I want to push away that. I want to push away that mindset. I want to chase that away from my heart, my life, my home. Amen. Amen. I want to understand the power of the fear of the Lord. Amen. Lord, I love you today and thank you for your blessings and thank you for the privilege to be here. I'm asking you to touch my mind. Please stand with me today. I cannot and am not willing to stand here alone. I need your help and your anointing, Lord, today. And so I pray your blessings would touch your word and that your word would be a a brand of fire that would speak and touch our heart and our lips and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for standing in honor to his word. And you can be seated. The, The word of the Lord said, wisdom begins with the fear of God. Complacency and and the spiritual arrogance that seems to permeate our society today is such a disgusting thing. Amen. I'm just trying to choose my words carefully here this morning. But when we think about the complacency of this hour and when we think about the arrogance of man today, not unlike any other generation, that is certain, but when we think about the arrogance of mankind today, it is, it is such a heartbreaking thing, a sickening thing, because I will tell you today that we can't do anything without the hand of God. We need the power and the hand of the Lord upon our lives. We need the fear of the Lord. 
Amen. I see things that people do in our world today and I just ask myself, where is their fear of God? Where is their fear that God would not just show up and step in to their circumstance and their life? Amen. When we think about uh, the God of this book open before me and we see when we see the hand of God and sometimes that swift judgment of the Lord, I say, Lord, help me to always walk uprightly before you. Help me to walk carefully and cautiously. One man who, whose life certainly centers around the fear of God is a man that we learned about, many of us, early on in our lives, a man by the name of Noah. Noah was far from a mariner, anything but, but he began to build a boat nevertheless at the commission of God. Furthermore, as he built it, he declared, along with the building, that a flood was coming to destroy the known civilization. When you, when you couple these two truths with the fact that there had never even been a rain, then we would have all the makings and all the trimmings for a very interesting story. The story of Noah and his ark is not just a story that was told and somewhere just found its place in history and is never revisited ever again. But the story of Noah has struck the imaginations and the hearts of men and women, young and old, alike in every generation. Amen. When God told Noah that it was going to rain, Noah just believed it and he began to move forward on the word of God. When God told Noah to build an ark, he just simply built it. He moved forward on the word of God. However, when Noah relayed this message to the world around him, the people of that day did not believe what God had said. They did not consequently believe what Noah had said. Yet their refusal to believe his message did nothing to dissuade Noah from the daily task of obeying the hand of God and the word of God. With great determination, he continued to work. And so we see before us an example of a man who was determined to do what God said despite what others around him were saying and or doing. He moved with fear. He moved with faith. Before the flood, the civilization was more wicked than we could ever dare imagine. And I understand when we, when we look outside, we look around the world that we live in today, we certainly live in a wicked hour. There's no doubt about that. But when the scripture compares any other generation to the generation of Noah, the Bible says not only that wickedness of mankind was great in the earth, but the Bible also says in Genesis 6 and 5 that every imagination of the thoughts of his or man's heart was on evil continually. With no reprieve, there just seemed to be a, a consistent thread of continuity between man and evil. And so we can be thankful today despite how cruel and evil the world is that we live in or even how, how much sin there is that abounds around us. I'm thankful to be a part of the, of the United States of America. Amen, I'm glad to be an American today. And, and with that, with that, amen, running through the fabric of our nation, we still hold true many things. Amen, it may be small and it may be diminishing, but I'm thankful for the prayers that do happen in public places. I'm thankful for the privilege that we have to come into a house like we have today and lift our hands without fear. Amen, we lift our hands without reservation. And we lift our voices and can magnify the Lord. I'm thankful for that. Amen. But in Noah's day, he and his family, he and his family were the only ones that feared God. Now that's hard to imagine. 
Amen. The Bible says in Genesis 6 and 13, and God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. In every age, thankfully, God has had someone that he could talk to and convey his message to and through. God has always had a voice. He's always had a heart. He's always had someone that would hear him and then in turn they would relay his words to the people. God's spokesman in that dispensation was this man, Noah. Genesis 6 and 8, the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of God. In the ninth verse, the Bible declares that Noah was a just man and perfect and that he walked with God. Now, I'm gonna tell you today that if against the backdrop of all of this sin and filth and wickedness, if there was a man, if there was anyone that could stand and find favor in the eyes of God, then I believe there are men and women who can stand and find favor in the eyes of God today. I don't want anything to take my place. I don't want my voice of praise and adoration to be muted by the things that are going on around me. Amen, I'm gonna tell you what I felt in this service today. As we begin to lift up our voices, I felt a push back against sin. I, put, I felt a push against darkness. I felt a push. This is what we were doing today. We said we're gonna magnify the Lord. We're gonna lift up his holy name. I mean, you've heard enough negative things and I'm not saying that, uh, that there's not a lot of serious things going on in our world, but we've heard enough negative things today to bring anybody down to the basement. Amen, all the things that are going on in our world, all the things that are going on in the political world, we are certainly living in uncertain times, but hear me this morning, and I'm not being ignorant and my head is not in the sand, but God has always had a remnant of people and he has always provided, and David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And so I'll tell you today that regardless of what's going on in Washington and regardless of what's going on on CNN and Fox News, we are serving a mighty God, a God that's gonna have his hand on this generation and he can and he will see us through. We ought to clap our hands and magnify him wholly from our heart about that. I'm gonna tell you in the end, it won't matter if Hillary is sitting in the seat or if Trump is sitting in the seat. Amen, God is still on the throne and he sets men up and he sets men down. Amen, he rises nations and he brings nations down. Amen, I'm gonna put my trust in him. I'm gonna put my fear, amen, my reverence in him. I'm gonna put my hand in his hand. He will and he can and he is able to see us through. I will trust in him. Amen. He will not fail me. He will not fail me. Amen. We think about uh, how could any good possibly come of this, but even the Lord used Pharaoh. Yes, he did. Amen. And so I'm gonna put my trust in him. Amen. And so if anybody could walk in an evil day and, and remain pure and holy and righteous, then that gives me hope. Amen, that gives me hope. I remember several years ago, one of our men's conferences in uh, Jacksonville, and uh, it was before we even had a district men's conference, but Brother Olson and their church had really given birth to our uh, what we now have as our district conference. But at that men's conference, 
uh, Brother Paul Mooney was our guest speaker, and so he was talking about being in some foreign country. I'm not sure if any of the men here um, were in that particular service, and he said he was standing out in a courtyard at, at the hotel where he was staying, and and he said there was a pigeon, just a common-looking pigeon that was flying along, and he said as that pigeon got to a tree limb where he was going to light or land, he said just before that pigeon got there, he just did a complete flip and landed. And so Brother Mooney, you know Brother Mooney, his, he built a whole sermon around that one little flip and landing on that. And, and, uh, and so his, his whole point was that if that pigeon could do that, then that means every pigeon has the ability to do that. They may not choose to do that, but he was just a common pigeon. This was not a, this was not a special breed of flipping uh, pigeons. <laughs> be, to be real careful there, I guess. <laughs> Thank you for navigating through that <laughs> with me and let me move right on. But this was not a special breed of pigeon, but it was just... He said, if one has the ability, then they all have the ability. And so if one man has the ability, just come back to church with me now. If one man has the ability, if one man has the ability to stand in dark times, then we all have the ability to stand in dark times. If Noah could move with fear at the voice and the word of God, then I'll tell you where the church ought to be this morning. We ought not be in neutral. We ought not be coasting our way through. We ought not be somewhere just at ease. The Bible said, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. But if Noah could move with fear, then I believe Hatchman Apostolic Church can move with fear even in 2016, just days away. Amen. From what what will probably be a history-making moment in our nation. I say God help us to stay focused upon the word of God. Hear O Israel the Lord our God is one let's not lose our message amen. Hear the word of the Lord and declare the word of the Lord let's not move and let's not lose rather our purpose. Noah warned his world. Second Peter referred to Noah as a preacher of righteousness amen. How discouraging it must have been if we're just going to keep it real how discouraging it must have been to have preached for over a century and still have no more converts than just the seven members of your family. Although that seems like a failure in the field of evangelism, you know, we, we were to think about just seven against the, the known world at that time, then we would think that would be failure, but he did save his family. Amen. Though Noah was a preacher of righteousness, it's interesting that the Bible does not record not one instance where he ever tried to coerce anybody into the ark. Amen, God told him to build the ark to save his family and the animals. It's not recorded that God told him to invite anybody aboard, amen, or even preach that they ought to get on the ark. Amen, there's an interesting phrase found in Hebrews 11 and 7. The Bible says that he moved with fear, prepared the ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world. It seems that the very presence of the ark is what condemned the world, not necessarily his preaching. Amen. You know what condemns the world today? The very message that you embrace. Amen. It is the Jesus Christ that we hold fast to today. That's what condemns the world. It's not what you say, it's what's in your heart. It's what you stand to be sure. Amen. Getting into the ark. Amen. Amen was a very, very important thing. 
that was the was not the only deciding factor, however, relative to salvation or destruction. People were lost because they would not repent of their wickedness. Can I tell you today that people will not be lost for the lack of preaching? They will not be lost for the lack of churches to attend. They will not be lost for the lack of ministries to get a hold of and buy into. No, no, no. People are gonna be lost for their refusal to repent from their wicked way. I say, God, help me to be convicted of sin. Help me to be convicted of wrong and send me to an altar of prayer and repentance on a daily basis. I need to fear the Lord. Amen. They were wicked because they were wicked, they didn't even consider the ark. Can I tell you today, and I don't mean this to sound any way out of tune, but there's a lot of people this morning that never even considered going to church. It didn't even come across the radar of their mind. Amen, much like the day of Noah, many didn't even consider the ark. Amen, Noah, sensing the people's need to repent, just preach righteousness. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 37, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus warned that the time of uh, preceding his second coming would be a time of eating and drinking. It would be a time of marrying as well as well as many other things. But one of those things would be the lack of knowledge. Amen. They would be eating and drinking. They would be marrying, giving in marriage. Amen. The Bible speaks about the lack of knowledge. Amen. Not the lack of education, but the lack of knowledge. Another of the prophecies of the last days found in Daniel 12 and 4 that says knowledge shall be increased. Amen. Nevertheless, there will be an increase of education. Amen. That's the world we're living in today, doesn't it? Amen. But at the same time that men and women are increasing in their education, there is a broadening ignorance of God's word and God's law and God's fundamental principles. It seems as though those things are falling through the cracks. Sadly, it's true that many lack spiritual knowledge in the day that we live, not just in North America, but in many nations of our land. There is a lack of spiritual knowledge. The Bible speaks about eating and drinking. That that certainly implies every place in Scripture a preoccupation with pleasure. And if that doesn't ultimately define where we are as a nation, what a sad moment it is when we think about how preoccupied that people are with just having a good time. Amen. I, there's nothing wrong with having a good time. But I'm going to tell you, we need to put God in the center of our heart. And I'm going to tell you today that we need to bring God back into our homes. And to our lives, amen. Many people spend so much time and effort, amen, on, in their personal pursuit of just simple pleasure, amen. Many of the things today that are, are a reflection of where we really are. I, I would say, God, help us this morning whenever uh, ball stadiums and, and sporting arenas have more people in attendance with more fervor than church houses, 
Amen. There's something, there's something out of kilter. There's something, there's something wrong when people will do anything and pay any price just to be able to get. As a matter of fact, I, I was talking to a man Friday night. He and his wife were on the road. They had been on the road traveling and, and, uh, they stopped into us in a city. Uh, oblivious uh, to the things that were going on in that particular area and uh, they were trying to get a motel room and he said the cheapest motel room he could find was $800 and I could tell you the brand of the motel but I'll just leave that alone but it wasn't far from an $800 <laughs> probably wasn't even an $80 a night in hotel and uh and so it was $800, it was $800 and, and they were sold out because there was a ball game in town Amen. And people are worried about how much church is going to cost. How much will this get? How much will this cost me? How much will this be? How much? How much time? How much effort? How much energy? And people drive all across. I'll quit meddling in just a moment, but. Amen. But people drive all across the nation and they make all kind of concessions in their lives just to be able to do those things. And I, I thought, I, when I heard this Friday night, my mind went back. I've mentioned this before at our general conference a year ago. At our general conference, we were uh, in, the, in Nashville, I believe we were in Nashville. And uh, there we were across the street in this arena having our general conference and we were raising money uh, for global missions and North American missions and wonderful things and and uh, when we walked out uh, there were there, there was someone I believe Taylor Swift and, and another male country singer that was both in town and again those motel rooms in that area were just four or five hundred dollars a night and people were standing in line the concerts had been sold out for months in advance and I thought my 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 amen I don't know why you got quiet on me about all this but sad sad it's sad somewhere over here there's an eternal thing going on amen across the street there's something that's going to go on for just a few hours and when it's over it's going to be ever more over Amen. I'm going to tell you tonight, I want, or today, I want to invest in something heavenly. I want the fear of the Lord in my heart. Praise God. Jesus' prophecy concerning the last days harmonizes with, with Paul's warnings to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 3, the Bible says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accuser, accusers, incontinent, fears, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Oh, Lord, help me fall in love with you all over again. Amen. Let me fall in love with you all over again. Seven verses in Proverbs begins with the words, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord. Amen. God help us. Schofield defines the fear of the Lord as reverential trust or hatred, hatred with evil. It's not a feeling of, of anxiety caused by the presence of danger or pain. The scriptures state that fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And so before a person can ever believe God, we must first revere God. We must love him and respect him. Amen. With deep regard and respect to look, amen, firmly on his face. Amen, I want to look 
firmly into the face of God with great fear and respect. Amen. Looking always proceeds loving. The Bible says in Proverbs 8 and 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. It's not just one thing to hear the word, but we've got to obey the word of God. When God told Noah, make an ark of gopher wood, you know what? He made it. Amen, that's just exactly what he did. When the Lord said, put the window here, that's where he put it. When he said, I want you to do this on the inside and on the outside, that's exactly what he did. Amen, there was no question, there was no arguing. The ark was going to be his only way out. This is going to be the only way that I will escape the judgment of God. Can I tell you today, this plan of salvation that is given to us in Acts chapter two and verse 38 is clear and concise. I don't want to stand and argue I don't want to stand and debate. Amen. If the Lord said this, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to repent of my sins and be buried in his name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Baptized in his name for the remission of those sins. And if I can have the Holy Ghost, I want to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want that gift living in me and abiding me. I don't want to just come to church and meet with him, but I want to take him with me when I go to church. I want to take him with me when I leave here. I want to take him with me when I go to work and when I come home. Amen. I am going to have to do more than just hear. Noah built an ark. Amen. The, the first thing that he did when he left the ark, I think is significant. He built an altar. Amen. He made a place where he and God could meet. Amen. I'm thankful today to have an altar. We need an altar in our house. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And so this altar represented far more than just stone or wood or fire, but it was a place where God met with Noah and Noah met with God. It was a special place, a meeting place. And if we don't have a meeting place, we probably don't have a lot of victory in our lives. We need a meeting place with God. Just as Noah could not have made it, made it in this new world without an experience of the altar, I can tell you that we cannot make it in this world without an altar. We need a meeting place with God. I need consistency of prayer. I need consistency in his word. I must have a walk with God. In in the Old Testament, the word grace comes from a Hebrew word that means kindness or favor. And so Noah's walk with God not only attracted the attention of God, but it saved him, Noah. Amen. By being righteous, it separated him from the wrath of God. By being righteous, it became the remedy against that wrath. And by being righteous, he saved his household. And by being righteous, I may further say today that he has impacted our lives as well in 2016. It was God's will for Noah and his family to prosper in this new world. God had cleansed the world from sin by the flood, now making it more livable. Amen. It was only fitting that Noah and his family would enjoy a fresh new start. And so as Noah prospered and was faithful, amen, I believe that God wants us to prosper as well. It is not a violation of any Christian principle whatsoever for God to bless you and your family, to bless you and your business, to bless you on your job, to bless you and your community. Amen. I believe that's the hand of God and the favor of God upon our lives. It's God's promise. Amen. That he would have us prosper, not just spiritually, but prosper. Amen. In our lives as well. He said in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Amen. Even as thy soul prospereth. Amen. Noah became an heir of righteousness 
and we in turn became that same thing. Hebrews 11, seven, by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness. Amen. Righteousness, hear me this morning, is not just being right, correct, or accurate, but righteousness is relationship with God. Amen, where we believe, amen, we put our faith and trust in him and then God imparts into us. Amen, he wants a vessel that's empty and open, amen, and he wants to impart his word into our lives. Aren't you thankful for his word today? Amen, I love him. Why don't we lift our hands? Can we do that and magnify him in this holy house? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence and your power. Thank you for your spirit today in this house. Thank you for your word. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we just stand? I I, I feel, Lord, the Lord would just speak to our heart here today. I'm gonna ask our musicians to come. Amen. We are heirs of righteousness. Galatians 3.29, and if if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You see, there's something happened. There's just something that happens when we step in obedience to the gospel. Something far more significant than we could ever dare imagine happened when we stepped in obedience to come to an altar of repentance and develop a relationship with God. It was far more than just something being about us. Amen. Obedience established something for everybody that we will ever meet, everybody that we will ever encounter. It wasn't just about us, but we began to make a path for others. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for every man and woman that ever lived before me who made their way to an altar one night. Amen. I wasn't even present, but when they stepped out of their seat and walked down to an altar, they began to make a broader path for me. Amen. They began to make a broader path for me. I'm thankful for that. The story of Noah and the ark provides a very powerful lesson about the rewards of proper respect for God. Noah lived in a very wicked hour, but yet he feared God and he served him with everything that he had. And I believe today that if we really want eternal life more than we want anything else, that we will live for God with that same kind of reverential fear. Amen. I'm not talking about being afraid. I think you understand that. But that fear of God with such reverence, I don't want to offend him. I don't want to step outside of the promises of God or the perimeter of God. Amen. I I want the story of Noah as it served in his day as a warning let the story of our lives serve as a warning in this day. Amen. The book of Proverbs reveals in seven different verses, I mentioned a moment ago, what the fear of the Lord really is and what it accomplishes in our life. Noah feared the Lord and and that fear caused him to be open. It caused his ear to hear, his heart to be sensitive. Noah was an heir of righteousness and that because he was in right standing, it brings us into right standing today. I'm thankful I'm thankful that somebody moved with fear to the saving of his house. Amen. Because you and I move with fear, there's something that was released in our heart and released in the hearts of others this morning. Amen. Aren't you thankful that that somebody has stayed true to the Lord? 
Amen. We can talk about all the darkness. You can talk about all the bad things. You can talk about all the negative things that are going on in the world. It's true. It's all there. But when I think about those men and women through unbelievable times that have just stood true, they've just stood true, it makes me want to join my hand in theirs, link my life to theirs, and just stay true. Stay true. I mentioned this yesterday, but Friday night my wife and I were privileged to be a part of a 75th anniversary service one of our churches in Jacksonville. And as they began to have a video presentation, some uh, some people were there that had been there for decades. They they began by stating how long, has, if you've been here from the beginning, stand and, and down through the years. I was sitting beside a, a minister, and so when they said, if you've been here 70 years, stand. If you've been here 60 years, stand. If you've been here 50 years, stand. been here 40 years, stand. I looked at that man sitting beside me I said this right there that right there that's what you build churches on people that just stand not flash in the pan not somebody that just passed through town but somebody that said I'm going to connect to this and I'm just going to stand I didn't know and don't know the story of any of those lives but I promise you that they have all had more than ample opportunities to walk away but they just decided to stand. Stand in the face of evil. Stand in the face of discouragement. Stand in the face of of times of, of misgiving and misunderstanding. They just kept standing. And because of that, seven and a half decades of time has passed. Thousands of people have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Countless churches and ministries have been born out of that because somebody moved with fear. It wasn't just to the saving of their own house, but others were touched by that. And so today, I want us to have a fear of God, a reverence for Him, that we will be diligent in our serving of Him, that we will be mindful, not not careless, but be mindful, be mindful of everything. Amen. Can we magnify the Lord? I feel His sweet presence here today. Amen. There is something significant that God would like to do right now. Amen. If you need anything from the Lord, this is the time. If you need the Holy Ghost, there's not a better moment than right now. If you need healing or deliverance, you need to be encouraged. You need to be strengthened right now. There, Right now is the time. Amen. Would you let the Spirit of God minister to you? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let's magnify Him in this house. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.